Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. Not Trumbull, the horror movie podcast, as I previously slipped up on. I'm very transparent about myself. Yeah, so, you know what? Yeah, yeah. Trouble is, is, is good. Uh, check that out for horror movies. Uh, season 7 of Gilmore Girls, arguably a horror movie in and of itself. So maybe maybe there's some similarities there, more than we realize. Um, with me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD. You can find her at stephaniesarkis.com. She's got a new book coming out next month, Healing from Toxic Relationships. You can check it out. How's it going, Steph? Okay, you can pre-order and you read it on vacation. I read a good chunk of it. Um, my intention was to read the whole thing, and then a little thing called alcohol got involved, and I'm not going to lie, we had a great time, but I, it, there was very little alone time on our vacation. Normally on vacations, like, there's a good amount of time where I'm sitting by the beach and I could read. I didn't get that much of the, that, this trip. A lot of time was just hanging out with family, drinking and having a good time, which was great, but didn't really lead uh, much time for reading unfortunately, but uh, I'd probably say I'm probably around a third or maybe almost a half of the way through. Um, and so, vacation? Yeah. So. That's a five-third year, I think. Yeah. I'm not the biggest reader. Like, I know people come to me, oh, you got to read this book, and I'm like, I'm not, just not a big book person. And I don't know why. It's I have nothing against books. I just... My time is usually spent watching movies or playing video games or listening to music or stuff like that. Like, I'm just not a big book person. So vacations are great because that's often the time where you can't do those other things and I can, like, solely focus on reading. So unless, of course, you get a family that likes to have drinks and enjoy time together. So that just derailed that. But now we're back on, back from vacation. Then I got back, and then you had COVID. So... Oh, yeah, so we just did the last week, so. Yeah. Which, so we now both are out of the dodgeball line. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting because, like, I, I, I felt a little disappointed because I made it all the way through this whole COVID thing, and I'd never got COVID. And I, I felt like I, I should have gotten a badge or a, a T-shirt that said I got through COVID, and all I got was this lousy shirt. But, no, I didn't end up getting it. Saying so. that anybody did anything wrong that they got COVID, because some people just got COVID, we still have... My, my brother's patient zero. We have no idea how we got it. It's that contagious. Yeah. So we're actually really careful. And so there's, really, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with getting COVID. It, you know, yeah, like you can be super diligent and still, like I, I'm pretty sure I got it from an Uber driver because he was coughing the whole time and he said, oh, I had allergies. And I'm like, I know allergies fairly well. And I know that if you're coughing with allergies, it's usually once or twice to clear out your throat, not necessarily constant coffee and so but at this at this point i'm like eh. that's actually kind of interesting too because the government here actually reimburses you for your time that you're not working during covid so that was nice so anyways sorry yeah it was uh interesting though like basically on my when i got paid i got like i didn't miss anything because the government reimbursed for the time off so it's actually quite nice so I had a good amount of time to watch some shows like Frasier, which I've been watching, uh, and also Gilmore Girls. So, also I should mention too. I started watching Bunheads, which is the, the show Amy Sherman Palladino did after Gilmore Girls. It's actually quite interesting. It's actually a pretty good show. So, she's originally a dancer. Yes, and the show features dancing heavily. It's actually quite interesting. I I would I don't think we'd ever cover it here because it's only one season and. 
the story never really went anywhere because it got canceled up for one season but it's on disney plus check it out it's uh oh, yeah yeah so uh definitely too you could tell amy sherman paladino has a thing where she likes to work with the people that she's worked with before because a lot of the actors and actresses from gilmore girls pop up um like mitchum huntsberger in that show plays like a surfer bartender guy and it's so strange to see mitchum huntsberger with a ponytail serving drinks but ah. yeah but to the versatility exactly and is um is alex borstein i don't i have to double check i don't think so but one of the things I like about Amy Sharp, you know, she hires dancers for her shows because she's lived the dancing life. And mm-hmm. if, if you see, like, if she's on the, on the uh, red carpet, if you look at her legs, she's definitely got dancer's legs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're here to talk about Gilmore Girls. Uh, maybe in this case, unfortunately, because we're still talking about season seven. Uh, talking about season seven, episode 11, Santa's Secret Stuff. Um... Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, this is, uh, I think for me, where season seven starts to get a little interesting. Um, and I think it's because we've already set up that Luke and Christopher do not like each other. But now you have this whole Luke asking Lorelai for a recommendation letter or a character le- reference letter. Uh, and Lorelai agreeing to do it, but behind Christopher's back. So, which this isn't the first time that Lorelai's had this kind of debate here. No, but it's also one where I think the writing's kind of on the wall, and that like you know how Christopher is, you know how Lorelai is, and I think it was only a matter of time until something like this happens. But I don't know, just interesting that she's or she's hasn't been married that long. She's already at his back. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. And um, last time you mentioned the kids, I could you can tell like that's when it's the train started in the station. Yes. You can tell that there's something that just shut off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was this the episode two where they looked at a house and decided not to? Yeah, because she wanted to stay in Stars Hollow. Yeah. Yeah. And ultimately, Christopher kind of realized that, but, like, I don't know. The re- Like, even him thinking as far as, like, show that house, or look at the house, it was like, knowing that she likes Stars Hollow should have been a no-brainer, but... I'm pretty sure that house... Is the same one that they used when um, Luke and Lorelai visited the Huntsburgers' you know, vacation home. When um, Logan gave Luke the Valentine's presents and stuff, I think oh. it's the same house. That's interesting. Maybe that's in the trivia because I never thought of that, but that would that would be really interesting. So, okay, uh, but yeah, what is this episode even about? Well. Um, uh, they could celebrate Christmas in Star Solo, but alas, Rory was in London over the holidays, so they decided to put the holidays on hold until she returns. Uh, when she does, they decorate Christmas trees and do their shopping and even make cookies and all this other stuff. Um, yeah. And uh, all is going well up until uh, Luke shows up at the end and asks Lorelai if he could write her a character recommendation. Which, if you're not too familiar, it's basically like a letter basically kind of it's almost like a reference it's like you saying like this person's a decent person so or i guess you could say they're not which sometimes if there's like a guardian ad litem which is a guardian ad litem represents the kids in a, in a city dispute mm-hmm. sometimes guardian ad litems will contact uh people for 
um, let me know what you know about this person, or they, you know, that kind of thing. So that this this isn't um, outside the realm of possibility, but I don't know if it would have gone down like this, but that, you know, people have been contacted about, you know, the, I guess the, the fitness of someone. Mm-hmm. Or to tell, say what they know about them. And what was interesting about this, too, is, like, it wasn't an immediate yes from Lorelai, but you could tell she was thinking about it, and then there was the point, I think, where they ran into them at the mall, and you could kind of see the look on Lorelai's face, and dare I say, this might be one of the more interesting inventive things they've done in the show, but, like, having her look at uh, the two of them together in the store, you could, it starts to click for her, like, this is something I have to do. Um, yeah. yeah. Season 7, not a great season, but... That moment was actually fairly well done, and here I was like, okay, like, I was buying into that. I was, I was agreeing with them, mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Leah's uh, super pregnant. Yeah. yeah. Like, huge. Sorry, everybody in her business. Yeah. And, you know, I, dare I say, I did not hate Zach in this. He was actually being pretty decent, you know. Like carrying the bags for her and other things like, well, Zach's not totally terrible in this. He's terrible in other ways, but not not wasn't that terrible in this episode. Kind of working with Lane's mom. Yeah. Yeah. And we get killed. Yay. Yeah. And Gil Jr. Whatever his name is, Mac or something. Yeah. That was that was cute. I love how the kid also had long hair too. Yeah. Yeah, and then and Gil knows a lot about breast pumps, and actually, so I'm glad you got this one. And and then Brian started getting interested in it. It was really interesting. I really like that they play Gil as as being knowledgeable of this stuff because he does have four kids. I don't, I don't, if I'm remembering correctly, it was Lane that was upset about the whole thing. It wasn't Zach, which is kind of bizarre. I suppose right. you would think Zach right. would be like, "Oh, talking about breast pumps? No way, man!" Right. But right. Yeah. Um. Also, too, Rory uh, wrote an apology letter to Lucy, so, which, yeah, I still don't, like, I don't know, probably, like, I think Marty's more more to blame than anything, but I just thought it was a little bizarre how, like, a lot of the blame is landing on Rory when Marty was the one that was making the the comments about how she's so, she's, she's beautiful and all this other stuff, like, I don't know. Right. That seems. I, it just I seems like, like Rory's taking on more responsibility than she needs to. That's exactly it. Like I feel like Rory shouldn't be doing that, personally. Like, it's great that she's apologizing, and I think it's good that she does that for herself more than anything else, just so she can feel better about it. But I mean, let's be honest. I think it's Marty that's the problem, not Rory. So. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, if you're in a relationship with somebody, especially if they're toxic. You may tend to get close with the toxic person because they'll start kind of bad mouthing your friends and family. Mm-hmm. So, I didn't. Did you get any kind of idea whether Lucy has stopped talking to Marty? I didn't. Mm, no, I don't. I didn't get any vibes on that. That being said, we haven't really seen them since their altercation at the restaurant, so it's hard to see say where they're at, but. And I'm sure they explore this later on. I can't quite remember how that goes, but, yeah. But even Lucy's roommate, the other friend, is in on this kind of shiny board. Yeah. It just seems much ado about nothing. I mean, it's something, but it seems like, yeah, the blame is being shifted towards Rory when there's a whole other issue at play here. 
and like from Rory's dad too, like, you know, he was being really uncomfortable with like comments made and stuff like that. I'm sure Rory doesn't feel necessarily comfortable talking about that with somebody, let alone the person's current partner. So I don't know. It just felt a little, a little weird. And it still feels weird that she calls him boyfriend. Yeah. I mean, would we be okay if it was a man calling a woman girlfriend? I feel like we wouldn't have been as accepting of that. Well, you know, it's like it's perfectly fine to call your partner girlfriend boyfriend, but to like, instead of saying their name, there's like boyfriend. Like, it's not, hey, Marty, it's right. hey, girlfriend, get over here. Like, like I understand girlfriend. why they did in the beginning as a plot point to reveal Marty, but it seems yeah. like at this point they should be calling him by his name. Yeah. It kind of felt like they did it as a shtick, and it just stuck, and right. now it's like... It's not going to be weird. Yeah. Okay. Um, who is your favorite and least favorite performance from this episode? I said worst is Zach, but mm-hmm. I also said best is Zach, and I think what I really meant to say was best is Gil, because I just miss Gil. We haven't seen him in a few episodes, so... Yeah, he was great. And he's just a salt-of-the-earth kind of guy, and yeah, he does his plain talk, and I just really like him, and he's just... He's just a really good supporting friend. And also keep in mind that he's like a whole maybe a generation older than they are. Yeah. And he they, and there's you don't notice a generational boundary. Also too, like interestingly he's enough, himself. he's not like he's not toxic masculine like Zach is. Like he's talking about these press pumps and like, you know, he's not talking about it to you know, in any fascist matter or anything. He's just like trying to no. help him out. So Yeah, he's like, Hey, I'm really glad it's really good. I really like that you bought this brand, like he's super supportive. Yeah. No, Gil is probably the, the most likable character in the entire show, um, because he's just so, he's so innocent and happy most of the time, and, like, you, you can just tell whatever he's doing, like, he works at a sandwich shop, great, he loves it. You can tell he's just having the time of his life. He's in love with his wife. He wants yeah. to make out with his wife. You know, that was a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> probably very sex positive. You know what? Good on Gil and his wife. Uh, yeah. No, I, I also put Gil as best. If only because, yeah, he's just so pure and everything. And I don't know, he's just... Supportive. He's supportive without fixing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? In the darkness of season seven, we have the bright light of that is Gil. So. I mean, does, yeah, doesn't Gil, like, really shine? Especially with the material of season seven. It's almost like Gil, like, comes in with, like, this aura of happiness around him. <laughs> yeah. But 100%. Um... Yeah, and then least favorite, uh, man, they're, I don't know, I guess I'll say Christopher, um, I don't know, just his delivery on lines is just very stiff and wooden. And it's like I, the emoji with a flat face. Yeah, like. I don't know. I don't know if that's intentional or not. Like, if that's supposed to be a character thing, or if that's just him as a performer. But it just doesn't work, in my opinion. So. Well, it's like that one episode. I think it was episode eight, where he's like, "We're so excited about yeah. getting married." You said it like some dead man. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, uh, what's your favorite reference from this episode? Oh yeah, Mick Jagger. So, um, they're talking about Mick Jagger and how many kids he had. He actually had two more kids after this episode aired. I think at the time that, that this aired, he had seven kids, and now I think he has nine. Mm-hmm. I think the youngest is four, three or four. Okay. So they're making a comment about having kids, but, you know, he's still happy. Mm-hmm. I saw this interesting. They were kind of like, you know, he's like, right now, for that. And I'm like, no, he's still young kids. Yeah. 
Uh, no. No. Uh, yeah. Um, I was trying to think. There was yeah. And it was great, too, that, like, they kind of, like, tried to make it, like, hey, you you still can rock and roll even with kids. I mean, I, I would have just been like, look at Gil, he's got kids and he's rocking. Like, more, more fruits, I guess, but they had to put in the pop culture references, so. Well, especially, like, saying you can still be rock and roll and have kids. Yeah. So his last kid was born in 2016. Okay. So, and he's, he's in a committed relationship, so. Um, oh, I can't even Jagger. Oh, that's a good There you go. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really have any. I guess when Marlowe says the red coats are coming, sure. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't that great. Honestly, there wasn't a lot of great references. I'm really just picking from the bottom of the barrel. Um, favorite quote. Do you have a favorite quote from this episode? A couple of them. So it's when uh, Christopher brings up the tree and he goes, well, if you look up tree in the dictionary, and I thought this was such a, a quick thing where I like, goes, why would you look up tree in the dictionary? I'm like, it's actually relaxed. I just laughed at that. I thought that was great. And then, um, and I don't know who said this to who, but it's like, let's just stand here and let the awkwardness wash over us. I don't know who it was, but it was it was a great quote. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put I said, I'm so mad at you. And Murray says, what kind of greedy is that? Which is fair. What kind of greedy is that? Um, Alright, trivia. We've only got one. This is the first and only episode that shows Lorelai and Murray celebrating Christmas. Really? So, seven seasons. and They've never shown them celebrating Christmas. Which kind of makes sense because I think the show, when it would take breaks, because it would take breaks during the summer and during the winter, uh, winter, yeah. And I think the show would kind of follow that in real time. So, because obviously a big part of the storyline was Rory being in school. So when Rory came back from school in like January, that's kind of where the show would pick up. So we had already skipped over Christmas. Yeah, and and that's probably why they were talking about they were showing Gigi and Christopher all the Christmas decorations that they have as traditions because mm-hmm. we've never seen them either. Yeah. So, just kind of funny to think that we've never seen Christmas since Star Hollow up until now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen the, the town square decorated, but I don't think we ever got to Christmas. Yeah. No, like, we didn't see them baking cookies and wrapping gifts and a lot of kind of stuff. Right, so. right. Uh, any mental health observations for this episode? So, I think we saw Lane address something that you and I have talked about. That it seems like in the show... There's a pattern of women becoming independent, sex positive, and something really bad happens to them. Mm. So we have Lane, who made a choice to wait until marriage for sex, got pregnant with twins the first time she had sex, and didn't like sex at all. And we're thinking, here's a strong character, and they kind of screwed her over Mm -hmm. in the storyline. And she, she addresses this. She goes, I had a small window. She goes, I was, I was kind of a repressed kid. And now I'm pregnant with twins. She goes, I had a very small window to be my own person. And I was like, wow, she really hit the nail on the head. Mm-hmm. Is that we've talked about that too. Like they really made her character just, her character could have been so nuanced and powerful. And not that having kids makes you less powerful. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. It, it seems like they had this thing of when you were in a relationship or when you had sex, something bad happened to you. It's kind of like in horror movies. 
Yeah. And what are the chances that Lane has sex the first time with twins, and it was not only that, but it was a horrible experience for her? So, it, she has small window to be her own person. I'm like, you're right, Lane. Mm-hmm. And she has a right to be angry about that. I think as an audience, I think a lot of people are like, why? Why did you have to do that to me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I... I... It's interesting because, like, I've always thought of the pregnancy as derailing her plans to rock and roll and all this. And then this episode, like, they make the point, like, you can still rock and roll. And I'm like, okay, I guess I forgot that part of season seven. So, But she put Lane had different dreams for herself. Maybe even beyond rock and roll. I'm not saying you can't fulfill those with kids. Yeah. But this is not, I mean, I think we can agree that the kids will not play on at all. No, no, definitely not. element. That asks, and that's a question I sometimes ask when, um, when I meet with parents alone, is mm-hmm. I'll say, was the was the pregnancy planned or not? Because if it was planned, there's a, there's sometimes a, if it wasn't planned, there's a different level of sometimes conflict, and mm-hmm. and sometimes even grief for people, um, and sometimes unfortunately if that isn't worked through, it isn't processed. Sometimes it, it people can treat their kids differently. So. So that, I think that's something that, you know, she is encountering some stress that she did not expect. Mm-hmm. And they even used condoms, didn't they? Um, I mean, even birth control. Yeah. So. So then what are the chances? Yeah. It's, um, it's very telling that, uh, yeah, the show definitely seems to treat it like it's supposed to be this unhealthy thing. Um, I don't know. I I wonder what the deal is with that because it seems like yeah women are punished on this like even um, like when you think about the Jess and Rory relationship that was going pretty well up until that party and the party like I don't know I I know it was a bad read on it at the time but you're like oh just just kind of wants to have sex with his girlfriend like that I I think how it came across was not great but like. It's like, yeah, he, he was just wanting to have sex with his girlfriend. And then, next thing you know, it's like this big thing. So, you know, I find it interesting that the show definitely doesn't seem to paint sex in the healthiest of lights. So. And also, they didn't really take how Lane was feeling seriously. Mm-hmm. And I, the stress of you not only was on time pregnancy, but also just the fact that she has two people sitting on her bladder. Yeah. yeah, and look from like how she looked. It looked like she'd already dropped when she had the like the babies, the babies are getting kind of locked and loaded to mm-hmm. come out. So she must have been pretty far along. So she's got to be pretty miserable at this point. But she didn't really see anybody kind of really listening to her. It was kind of played as oh here's a pregnant person complaining. When yeah, I think we really need to listen to women when they're growing people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like we really yeah. need to listen and. And, you know, and also, you know, that means that when she gives birth, they also need to, to check in with her about postpartum depression, because that's a very real thing. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. chance of having postpartum depression with an unplanned pregnancy is higher, so, I, according to research. So I think that's something that I don't think really people listen to fully enough. It was played off as, as haha pregnant joke. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I think that she really needed to be supported, and I feel like she was kind of invalidated. Yeah. And I didn't see anybody else in the room growing two people, so. Yeah. Need some support. Yeah. All right. Well, 
Yeah. They decided to give us a score. What do you think of our score? Give it a four. Yeah. I mean, it is the one and only Christmas episode. So, that I found for it, right? Mm. Uh, I was thinking like a three or four, yeah. I'm about to go with a four. I'll be a little generous. This was, it, this was better than the last episode. I think for me what kind of does it is that, you know, we've gotten a little bit of the quote-unquote marital bliss of Christopher and Lorelai, and now we're starting to see that I'm done, and part of me is like, thank goodness. <laughs> Not trying to be too mean, but it's like, uh, I, I'm kind of sick of the, this this plot. I'm ready for it to be undone. So this whole Lorelai going behind Christopher's back to do the character letter, it's it's... It's good in that, like, it's a story that you can see coming just based off of the characters and who they are. Like, you know that Lorelai kind of avoids conflict with these kind of things, and to avoid that, she just doesn't tell people when she's doing things. Uh, and then also, too, Christopher, you know, he he doesn't like Luke, and when he finds out that Luke, uh, that Lorelai's writing this character of reference for him, I don't think he's going to take that well, so... I think that, that Luke has more of a bone to pick with Christopher as with Luke. I, I don't really get the whole, why is Christopher a bone to pick with, with Luke? Well, I think he's got a bone to pick because he knows there's unresolved issues there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Like, I think he's as much as he's wanting to tell himself this relationship with Lorelai is working out really well, in the back of his mind, he knows that Luke is still a part of her life, and... There's got to be some feelings there for Luke, even if, you know, their relationship didn't quite work out, right? Like, it, it's not seemingly very easy to just get over someone like that. And I think Christopher knows that, and he know, and he's tried his best to suppress that and, like, kind of keep Lorelai away from that. But I think it's kind of inevitable that even if you don't have romantic feelings for an old partner, you still kind of have some level of sentimentality and... Civility, I guess, but yeah. So, I think his bone to pick is more that he doesn't like the the road that this is going down. So when he sees uh, her and Luke with the baby, like he starts freaking out because in his mind it's like, this is what I'm gonna avoid. This is what I don't want to happen. It's, and in his mind, it's starting to happen. Whether it it's right. there's truth to that or not is kind of irrelevant because I think in his mind he. It, could happen and will happen if he doesn't kind of keep Lorelai away from Luke, so. Yeah, slow switch. Which, I kind of would have been interested to see, like, them whole, like, trying to move into a different house. I thought it would have been interesting to, like, explore that side of it. Like, maybe he wants yeah. her to move out of Stars Hollow because he wants her to avoid seeing Luke for that reason. I mean, that's part of it. Well, yeah. And then season seven, not the greatest writing-wise. I, like, they could have gone that route. They could have had it been, like, yeah, I don't want you hanging around with this guy. I don't want you to see him in every day or something like that. Like, would have been a very simple way to write that, but right. they, they didn't quite, so. Okay. Um, well, Steph is over at stephaniesarkis.com. Gaslighting is her book, and Talking Brains is her other podcast. I haven't mentioned that in a while, but go check out Talking Brains. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, got the new book coming out, Recovering from Toxic Relationships. So, mm -hmm. just go check that out. Yeah. Or healing from toxic relationships, sorry. Healing from toxic relationships, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm over at ThreeGreenRose.com where almost other, every other day I've got new content going up. And then with that said, we'll see you all next time. Bye for now. Bye, everybody.